Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. During the holidays, we search for gifts that will make people's eyes light up. We spend hours and hours searching online, looking in stores, asking our friends what they found. But how much time are we spending looking for Jesus? The treasure, the gift that doesn't break, we never outgrow. Moms, that's what we want to spend our time searching for this Christmas season. And we want you to join us. Over on Patreon, we are kicking off this Monday, December 4th, in our Advent series, Looking for Jesus. Get the link in the show notes. Now, let's get to the show. Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast and our Christmas series. I love Christmas. We are on episode 131 and we are doing Christmas through their eyes. Mm -hmm. It's really fun actually. If you listened to last week, Kate did, I love the way she titled it, Joe, Gabe, (laughs) and Mary Senior. I mean, if they were at coffee with us, that's what we would call them. I mean, I just think it's fun to think of them like real people. Real people. You know, like pull them out of the pages of the Bible and like think of them like real people. I, I don't mean, know about Mary Sr. though. Well, like, and do you Gabe, want to be called Kate Sr. one day? I, and Gabe's never going to be a oh, real person. He totally Gabe though. Like that is so perfect for him. <laughs> I think the angels in heaven are like, ooh, I want a nickname too. Joe, I think Joe makes... Joseph, like, feel like a normal person. Like, yes. Joseph feels so like a revered character, and you're like, okay, but Joe? Joe probably was like, Gabe, what are you saying to me right now <laughs> about what's about to happen to my life? So, oh, it's so funny. Y'all, I just think it expands our connection when we put ourselves in their shoes yeah. and try to imagine what it might have been like for them. Um, so that's why I think this series is just really fun. But before we jump into today's characters, we had a ton of laughs last week about the complete opposites of Kate and Rebecca's Christmas mornings. It was really funny to me because, you know, yeah, like just how disparate Disparate? What mm. is that? Different, you know, just the chasm S-A-T word between what? us of how she our said Christmas a chasm. She said she's on one cliff and <laughs> I'm on the other. Hello, Grand Canyon. But the stories were funny where people were voting and stuff of like yes. which camp they were in. Okay, so this was kind of the synopsis of what happened on social. So we asked some questions. Uh, one of the questions we asked was, what kind of a stalking mom are you? Yeah. We called Kate Next Level. Okay. Oh, And we yes. called mom, t- or we called me, take it or leave it. <laughs> and more people landed in my camp. <gasps> really? Yes. More people landed in my camp of take it or leave it. So you next level moms are few and far between. Wow. Okay. Or either you're just like so next level <laughs> that nobody can get there. No, that's, that is good to know. Okay. Okay. So then on Christmas morning, we had choices between Kate, who was planned and camera ready. Yeah. And Rebecca, who was amble to the living room. Yeah. And more people were in your camp. Okay. Yes, more people had their cameras out, ready to go. Okay. Let's get this moment in our memories. Okay. 
The next one was gifts. Do you organize your gifts by child? Yeah. Or is it a jumbled array? And more people organize their gifts by <gasps> child. Really? Yes. Were you surprised by that? No, not really. Because I do think it's kind of natural as a mom. You want to kind of like put them all together to make sure that you've you got. But you seem a little disappointed somehow by that well, more people are in my camp. I just don't. People don't like my chaos. <laughs> it's really fun in my world. I promise. <laughs> it's very fun. You will love it. Okay, and then the last one was, whose camp do you pick? Kate's camp or Rebecca's camp or somewhere in the middle? I bet people were somewhere in the middle. Yes, girl. Yeah. Like, I can't remember the number because it starts off big, you know, when just a few people are voting and yeah. it's like 50%. And uh-huh. then I think by the end it was like 20% for each of us okay. and 60 for somewhere okay. in the middle. Yeah. So bless y'all's hearts. You were like, I just can't choose between them. Oh, sugars. Well, yeah, because you identify with some a little bit and the other one a little bit. They're down in the canyon. You and I are on the cliffs. (laughs) They're down in the canyon, (laughs) camping out by the river, having a good old time together. Yeah, that's great. Cheering us both on. Today, I want to talk about Christmas treats because my friend Kate here, every Christmas does this fun little activity with their kids where they make Christmas treats and you have like the standards. Because when I get my treat box from you, it has some very common, not common, they reoccur every year. So, like, you know what I know to what's coming. I know what's coming. So, tell us about your Christmas treat box. Okay. So, we like to do, um, yeah, we just make a bunch of stuff. But really, and I, and I make all the stuff that I like. So, my favorite kind of, like, candy and treat is salty and sweet. Yes. So, like, if you're going to ask me, like, what is your go-to candy, it's going to be, like, Chocolate covered almonds uh-huh. or some, you know, like, or like peanut clusters. Like that's just what I like. So I like salty and sweet stuff. So then those are the things that we make. So we make Christmas crack. Okay. Is that the cracker thing? Yeah. Okay. So you take saltines and you melt butter and brown sugar and something else. I should have thought of this, but I, I can't remember, but it comes back to me when I start doing it. Um, but, and then you pour that over the saltines and you bake it in the oven and then you put uh, you melt chocolate on top of it. It's delicious. Put it in the freezer, and I guess it's called crack because then you like crack it. Oh, I thought you meant drugs. I mean, it could be like crack, <laughs> like you got to have it, you know, like <laughs> give me another hit. Uh, but it's so good. And that one's like, I don't know, they're all like pretty like cheap and easy to make treats that, yeah. that are not like super intensive. The only one that's really time intensive are the peanut butter balls. They're called Buckeyes. Okay. That's what it was. I could not remember the name of them. It was, yeah. I knew it was an I something, but I didn't know what. Yeah. So Buckeyes are, I guess the start in Ohio, Buckeye is like the tree in Ohio or something like that. And the, is it a the, chocolate tree? The the nut, the acorn that falls off of a Buckeye tree is like brown on the outside. And then it has like a little hole on the top that looks that's light brown really yeah I didn't know that yeah okay so crazy on that I was in high school and I had like a secret Santa in one of my class my yearbook class I was on the yearbook of course we're. um and we you love your planned and camera ready you were like y'all I'm gonna take your picture for the yearbook made for this so um we had done like a secret Santa and the girl that got me gave me this tub of Buckeyes and I was like what is this and she said my mom's from Ohio we make these every year blah 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 and I was like this is the candy that was made for Kate. Like, yes. This is what I love. So anyway, so you make those, but those are time intensive because you have to make the peanut butter ball thing has powdered sugar and stuff like that. You have to roll those individually, freeze them, and then take each one and dip them in the chocolate dip and then freeze them again. 
So it just takes a little time. Yeah, but it's delicious. I think I get the least amount of those. You're probably like divvying those out scarcity wise. I only put like four in each box. I was going to say, you don't get very many of those. No, because <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Well, I make, I make boxes for my whole street. And then like such a good neighbor. Well, and there's a lot of, you know, and then, and then like our friend group, anyway, I make, um, the the thing the kids help with the most are those little, they're called snaps. They're the pretzels that are square. Yes, 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 yes. And then you just unwrap Hershey kisses and set the kisses on them and put them in the oven. Don't you make it look like a reindeer or something? Ma'am. And then once the kiss starts to melt, you pull them out. Once they get shiny and you put the little red or green M&M. Yes. Smash it down in the middle. Yes, 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 yes. And then the other thing is just like a crock pot. Um, it's it's like a peanut cluster. So you just melt all this like white chocolate and milk chocolate and stuff in a crock pot, and add peanuts. And then when it after it like all melts and everything, you just like pull it out by spoonfuls onto this so wax good. paper. It's, it's so, so good. good. That's the by far the easiest thing. That's probably yes. what I give out the most in the crack. The other things are like okay, these took a little more time. <laughs> Our family gets the most and you get one. <laughs> I love that. I just think that's such a fun idea. And I, I think that's something your kids will remember yeah. when they get older. Yeah. Is it Christmas? My mom, we made these things for our neighbors. Hopefully they don't have PTSD because I'm like, okay, you're assembling the boxes. All right, you're putting all these things in the bags. Okay, you're, you know, because it's, and then you have to put it into a whole wrap. Oh, it's cute. You, y'all. Y'all, we talking about Kate here. Y'all know it's cute. <laughs> like, it's cute. It's really fun for me, though. I like doing that. And I think it, it makes me feel good that you expect it every year. So. Uh, girl, I'm waiting for the knock because <laughs> it's usually Caleb or Lydia. Because if y'all don't know, we live two streets apart. So our children venture between each other. And I'm just like, come on. They really like going and distributing the gifts. You know, yeah. So they usually Caleb. Now he's sixteen. I don't know what I'm going to be able to get him to do this. Whatever year. he's a driver now, he can take him farther away. <laughs> Who else? Y'all better post on social. Kate, I need a treat box. Caleb's going to drive it to you. But I usually make him like put on like you know reindeer antlers or the girls really like they'll put on something Christmassy and then go from door to door and they just it makes them feel good. I love know? it. Yeah. So I am experiencing Christmas through the eyes of a gluten free person this year. <sighs> Okay, I need to figure that out. I'm well, so sad. You can have the... I can have all your things except for the crack yeah. and the pretzels. Yeah. Yeah. You can have the chocolate clusters. No, I love, the, I love the Buckeyes and okay. the chocolate clusters. But it's just, y'all, it just makes me sad. Yeah. Because oh. you can make the things with gluten-free flour, uh-huh. but... <laughs> Is it the same? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, maybe after you've eaten it for five years, it tastes great. But yeah. I don't know. Right now, it feels different. Yeah, for sure. So I'm kind of sad that my gluten-free Christmas is here. I just want to make a sugar cookie for real. <laughs> um, so I'm mourning sugar cookies. I'm mourning pie crust. Oh. I haven't yeah. ever had a gluten-free pie crust, so I don't know what that's like. But there's so many recipes online that you can make with those frozen pie crusts, you yeah. know, and so yeah. on. Or, or puff pastry. Yeah. Can't do none of that. Yeah. And I'm mourning cake. I love a good box cupcake. <laughs> So I did buy a gluten-free box cupcake recipe because I have this idea for social for gather to make something. I'm going to see how that goes. Okay. Y'all will find out soon. Well, hopefully you like it. Hopefully, hopefully it's good. I do. But um, my mom actually has found a gluten-free bread recipe. Oh, what a sugar. So Mama, Mama Judy, Judy makes me a loaf of bread every week. I'm not kidding, y'all. What a sugar. And y'all get this. She she and Kate connect with each other. They're next level. So she makes me a loaf of bread, she slices it, and she individually wraps it in a baggie and puts it in a tub. 
and then I can keep it in my fridge so it lasts longer. Oh, what a it's sweet. So the kindness. The wow. kindness, which it's delicious bread. So if you're gluten-free, I have found a bread, and I'm going to post my mom's recipe this week so y'all can all enjoy your gluten-free bread. She Love says that. it's super easy to make. Love that. Which I'm sure at some point she'd like for me to take over making uh-huh. it, but yeah. I'm like, She's no. She's like, mm, it's super easy. I oh. think this is going great. <laughs> I don't know why I need to do this. Yes, just keep doing that. That's awesome. So that will be, I don't know, what can you make with gluten-free bread recipe for Christmas treats? Yeah, Cinnamon know. toast? Mm. Something. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So, I uh, just wanted to stop down on Christmas treats for a minute so we can talk about that since we talked about our Christmas mornings and then I don't know what we're going to talk about for the next Do you, podcast. I feel like you make, you don't make any Christmas treats? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I don't think I've ever that. made Christmas treats. Do I think I've make- made puppy chow before. You know what puppy chow is? Yeah. The Chex Mix uh-huh. with peanut butter and chocolate and powdered sugar. Yeah. I don't know if I've given it away though. But like at Christmas meal, okay, but so we're, cause we're more talking about like Christmas candy, but like at Christmas meal, do y'all have a dessert? No. Okay. <laughs> Girl, we don't have Christmas breakfast either, so <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I need to find you some gluten-free cinnamon rolls so you can have cinnamon rolls oh this my Christmas. Gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, we'll see. I'm we all find. for it. Um, okay, so Christmas in today's world is what I consider a machine. Yeah. It is just cranking out. Like, yeah. if y'all are on email lists for stores, do you not feel like you're getting a sale every, every, every day. day? And it's so much pressure because I'm like, 50% off. <gasps> I've got to find something immediately, you know? Or like, they'll give you like $10 like towards a purchase. Yeah. And then you feel like you have to use the $10, but then you spend 50 Oh, for sure. No. So you're like, that was not worth it. This Christmas, especially in my shopping, I felt like they really got me with, like, you know, get an extra 20% off if you sign up for texts. Yes. So now, Oh, like, God, how many texts are you getting? Oh, it is ridiculous. I need to go through and unsubscribe because yes. I'm just getting hammered. Hammered. They are, and I have all these stores that are doing 12 days of Christmas deals right now, so every day is a different deal. <laughs> so it's like you just wait for the next morning to find out, what's the deal today? <laughs> Do I need it? And oh. like you said... When you buy your Christmas presents early, yeah, then it's hard to not buy more. Yeah. Because now it's on sale. Right. So maybe I should get it extra. Oh, boy. It's yeah. so hard. It's a machine, y'all. Christmas is a machine. It cranks out sales. It cranks out stuff. It cranks out stress. Yeah. Okay, so I'm feeling it. I don't know if y'all are feeling it yet. Oh, 100. I feel like we're running 100 miles an hour. Yeah. I don't, I, I probably should have put more on my calendar to start with so I knew what was coming. But every day it's like, what 14 things do I have today that I forgot about? Oh, yeah. Well, and for us, so uh, if you have a kid with December birthdays, it adds an extra level. And why do we have all these kids with December birthdays? Like, it should be like a not an option, God. You know, like, just make them wait till January or do it in November. But Kate, it's like they're Jesus. Oh, my gosh. So, because Caleb has a, a December. Just kidding, he didn't. Mm, at, right. Uh, Caleb is December 5th and he turned 16. Oh, so, look at that little yeah. baby grow up. So Come it's on been now. a lot of, you know, then there's a lot accompanying that too. Yes. So, and we're so happy to celebrate him, but it's just something else. I know it is. It. I mean, it's just anything you add on to December. And that's the thing. I feel so much in my heart that I want to enjoy every minute of all the fun things that are happening. Yeah but it feels like you have no time to do it. 
Yeah. And, you know, I really, I, I dread waking up in January or December 27th and being like, ugh, I don't know, disappointed. I feel like we just put so much, there's so much buildup. There's so much effort put into the whole thing. I feel like that's something I've really been trying to fight against the last few years is that, is that bad December 26th feeling, you know, of like. See, I just feel sad. Like, oh, it's over. Yeah. Let's do it again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think I just, I, you know, I think just fighting against feeling like, oh, well, you know, I had all, it was supposed to be this magical, but you, I mean, it's just not realistic. Mm-mm. So. No. Oh, and that's, I mean, as a young mom, that was my goal. Everything is magic. Yeah. And so anytime something would break down, like the trip wouldn't go as planned. They were scared of Santa. You didn't get something done. We didn't make sugar cookies together. You would feel like you had like failed yeah. the world. Yeah. Because my kid did not get to experience it. And I definitely think I have a more sane head on my shoulders now to go. Okay. It's not all magic. Right. There are magic minutes. So if a minute is magical, then be like, yay. Lean into that. Yay for the magic minute. Yeah. Um, and you can't do it all. And so you do have to pick and choose. And it makes you sad sometimes to feel like you have to miss out on something. Yeah. I've been trying to go to this Christmas program. We have a church in Dallas, a really big church that does this like Christmas. God, I can't. I can't spectacular. remember. It's Christmas spectacular. Yeah. I've wanted to go every year. Really? Okay. We have never been. Yeah. That's not going to happen again this year. Uh, and every year I'm like, I really want to do that. Yeah. But I just haven't been able to make time for it. Yeah. So don't don't be too sad, Mama. There's plenty more times to come. And um, remember just to be present with your kids and what's going to matter the most to them. Yeah. I think sometimes I just want to hide away in my house and be like, forget the world. Yeah. I'm doing my own thing for the next 25 days. Yeah. But we can't do that. No. But you know, there was somebody in scripture that did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Let's it. Let's talk about it. So today we're going to actually talk about Elizabeth. Okay. The mother of John the Baptist. Yeah. Last week, Kate brought us Joseph from the book of Matthew, but today's scripture is going to come out of the book of Luke, and it's the story of John the Baptist, and he is actually the start of the Christmas story. That's right. In Luke's book. So I'm going to read some scripture passages, and then we'll talk, but we're going to start in Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. It says, When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. So we start off learning that we have this sweet couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth. They're both from the priestly line of Aaron, And remember that that line of Aaron, that priestly line, was established back in the wilderness when Moses and the Israelites were wandering, and they built the tabernacle, and God set aside this group of people that were going to be the priests and serve him in the tabernacle. So the term Levitical priest is actually derived from the Israelite tribe of Levi. Mm -hmm. Levi was the third son of Leah and Jacob and the father of the tribe of Levi and the tribe of Moses and Aaron. So Moses and Aaron both came from this tribe. Mm -hmm. And so the priests among the Levites were given the immeasurable privilege of doing service in the tabernacle. So that's what Zechariah was. He was a priest that would go to the temple and serve the Lord. We also learned that they were both very old and had no children. And I read this week that some scholars think Elizabeth could have been 60 years old or older. Yeah. 
Um, and it was such a stigma in that time to not have children, especially since scripture tells us they were righteous mm-hmm. in God's eyes. They followed the Lord's commands. So I can only imagine her heartbreak that she did not have any, have any children. So Zechariah goes to Jerusalem to serve God in the temple, and he's chosen by lot to burn incense in the holy place. And while he's there, he's visited by an angel. Shout out, Gabe. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. I think this guy had such a cool job. Gabe got to do all the cool things. All the cool things. But also, yeah, like delivering. I don't know. Sometimes I might be like, oh, I got to go tell them what. Listen, I have nicknamed him the gender reveal angel. (laughs) Since they did not have gender reveal parties back then, Gabe was the gender reveal angel. Perfect. So let me read what Gabe does. Okay. So Luke chapter 1, verse 8 through 17, it says, One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. And as was chosen of the priests, it was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him, but the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Whoa. That's intense. That's intense, right? Yeah. It's, I was, it made me think about what we learn about before we have a baby. <laughs> yeah. So we get a little sano. Uh-huh. <laughs> shows us little ten fingers, ten toes. Yeah. They measure your stomach every single time. Yes. Uh, blood work. Uh-huh. And you pee on a stick. Uh-huh. But nobody told me my kid was going to be like the power of Elijah no. and turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. Nope. And I mean, this is a little bit different gender reveal. It is. He's not just telling me he's having a son. He's telling this son is like, woo, he about to be great. Yeah. And can you imagine Zach? Who I feel That's like, right. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's go with Zach. I feel like Zach in that moment, like, how do you even process this information? And then, like, you know, like, am I high on this incense? You know, like. <laughs> it always comes back to drugs with you. <laughs> great. great. I'm glad that's why. <laughs> Cracking incense. <laughs> but, you know, that's just a lot to process where you're, I don't know, to, to hear all of that and, and, and to process all of that in that moment. Well, and again. He's afraid. It says that Zachariah is greatly feared. Yeah. But Joe wasn't. Remember last week? Yeah. Joe he, was just like, hey, okay. I mean, yeah, they don't tell us he was afraid. And like, but Mary was. I just think yeah. it's funny that some of these people are afraid and then here's Joe. Yeah. Oh, good. Joe. Thanks for coming. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> okay. So this is Zachariah's response. Verse 18. He says to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is well along in years. And listen. Gabe gets a little frustrated. But that's a super practical question. You know? He says, I am Gabriel. Yeah. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. 
for my words, I love this, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Mm. He said, back up. Listen, you know, I empathize so much with Zach right here. I cannot tell you how many times God has had to say to me, you you don't get to talk anymore. (laughs) You know? Do you know that in our family, you can lose the privilege to speak? No, you can? Yeah. What happens? So if you're making bad choices, and this especially happens in car rides, you know, like if we're all in the car together, it doesn't happen as much anymore, but like when the kids were younger, like if they were not being nice to each other or talking back or something like that, we would say, uh, you better watch it. You're about to lose the privilege to speak. And then, you know, if they kept on it there, then we'd be like, okay, that's it. You're not allowed to talk for the next hour. And they listened to you. They didn't talk. Oh, ma'am. That's uh, impressive. Me, I got some Gabriel energy. <laughs> Kate slash Gabe says, Because sometimes you need to not be able to talk. Sometimes you need a minute to be like, mm, you know, I've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. I need to be able to like really listen and just close my mouth. And because all the stuff that's coming out of my mouth is not good and I need to get it checked. You know, I just feel bad for Zach. I'm like, that's a common question. Dude, I'm old. How's this going to be? And Gabe yeah. takes offense. He's like, uh... I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. Yeah. Don't question me. For sure. That's a big moment. Get it. So it says, meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. And when he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to him. They realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zachariah- Wait, stop, stop. (laughs) Can you imagine the charades he's doing? Like, how do you gesture what an angel angel is? And the baby, (laughs) they're like, what is happening? I don't know. That's actually one of my questions. Was he able to mime to them what happened? Or was it just, uh, okay, he saw a vision. We have no idea what happened. Yeah, and or like, mm, something is not right with this guy. You're back to the drugs again. (laughs) (laughs) How'd that incense go in there? It says, when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion Mm. for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Mm. So many questions here. Okay. Of course, the question of why did he have to be silent just because he questioned the angel? Yeah. I think Mary questioned the angel too. She said, how can this be? Because I'm a virgin. Yeah, but it must have been something with the heart behind it. Yeah. You know, there must have been something there where Zach needed an opportunity to have faith and trust. Um, Whereas Mary, it just must have been different for her. I know. that's. We'll ask God when we get to heaven on that. Then let's imagine the reunion with Elizabeth. He comes home. He can't talk. He's trying to mime. You're about to get pregnant. He can write. Couldn't they write? I think they end up saying that he wrote down the name at some point. I know you're going to get to that. But so then I think he does write. But in those first few moments, did he like go get a pen and paper? <laughs> a quill and papyrus? Papyrus? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And what is her response like? Yeah. Because we don't know what her response is, except that she went and after she gets pregnant, she goes into conclu- seclusion. Well, and it. It takes a little bit to get pregnant. So, you know, he can't, he still can't talk. Like every day you wonder, he still can't talk. He still can't talk. He still can't talk. Uh, Honestly, that sounds great. Well, yeah, (laughs) that's my, one of my questions too. How hard or easy was it for Zachariah to be like, 
so cool. Uh-huh. I don't have to say nothing. Yeah. No, I just meant for Liz that she's like, oh, he, I don't have to hear from that man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but wouldn't you want to talk to your spouse if you got pregnant? Maybe, but how nice would it be if they couldn't respond and you could just like let them have it? <laughs> they just can't talk to you. I just, this, like, there's a whole marriage sermon in there somewhere. I don't know if anybody's ever written a book about that. <laughs> Like no, it would be super challenging. It would be super when challenging. When your marriage needs a ten month break, <laughs> you don't talk to each other. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's in there somewhere. Okay, but we do know a little bit about Elizabeth's response. First of all, she says how kind the Lord is. Yeah. That's her that's her response. Oh my and I agree. How kind the Lord is. Yeah. But then I think we get a peek into her heart because she says he has taken away my disgrace. Mm-hmm. She must have felt shunned rejected judged judged disgraced because Mm -hmm. she couldn't have children and and there was no reason why and oftentimes in scripture people thought it was because you sinned or had done something wrong right but the bible says that they're righteous we know they had not so i think we get a peek into just her heart of a woman Mm -hmm. to feel like i have been set aside who knows how long let's just say 60 years yeah and unable to have children. And so for her, it was the Lord has taken away my disgrace. Yeah. She feels like she has been restored. Yeah. And then this is so interesting to me. She goes into seclusion for five months. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, fascinating. Yeah. Let's imagine what Elizabeth might have felt uh, during these five months of seclusion. Okay. Anything come to mind? Well, I don't know if you did this, but when I was pregnant for the very first time, I took about, I don't know, 20 pregnancy tests. <laughs> I didn't. But that's great. Jeremy at some point was like, you are peeing on money. You know, like you are pregnant. <laughs> but I think you just, because for the first couple and maybe even three months, you, there really aren't any signs or symptoms except for the throwing up. That that can be a really good sign. Um, but you know, your, your body's not really changing. You're not feeling a baby, you know? Right. So it's interesting to me that she decided to go into conclusion. Like she believed she was, she wasn't peeing on multiple tests. Like she really did believe she was pregnant, but I think she probably had fear like what you said. But then I think, right. There's probably this, like, no one's going to understand I don't want to be exposed. I don't want to have to explain this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to work out. I think of women who have struggled with like multiple miscarriages who don't want to tell people they're pregnant because yeah. they just don't want to deal with it all again. Right. Um, and I think the seclusion is, I don't know, to me it feels more like a, I need to protect this. I'm not ready to expose it to everyone. Well, and I believe... This, again, Rebecca's opinion, I believe she and Zachariah loved each other dearly. Uh So you have this man that you love so much that you have grieved with for the past however many years without children who cannot talk right now. Uh So you literally don't have someone to talk or process this with. Uh And it almost is special to me that she, like, keeps it between her and Zachariah. Mm. Like, she doesn't run to the girlfriend. Yeah. Because she and that girlfriend could have talked a lot. Yeah. And it would have left him out because he wasn't part of the conversation. So instead, it's almost as if she like goes into that place with Zachariah and God and says, I'm just going to be with you here yeah. while we process this. I do think she had to process it. That's a lot. Well, and it's in that sense, it's a little bit of a time of silence for both of them. It is. You yes. know, a pulling away. Um, 
and I think I think there are times in our lives where there are monumental things that happen, and we kind of go, oh, okay, we're going to close ranks here. We're we're going to kind of shut some things down, and focus in because this this needs all of our attention. And God's clearly trying to get our attention. I yeah. agree. I think there was some awe on her part, like. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. how kind has the Lord been to me? Look what he's done. Mm-hmm. Scripture tells us that they were righteous in God's eyes. They were of the priestly line. This means they knew the law. They yeah. knew the prophecies. What if she's processing the idea that what had been prophesied in Scripture about a forerunner, a forerunner to Jesus was the baby in her womb? Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's heavy. Heavy. And so the angel tells her that this baby's name is going to be John, and he's going to prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Mm -hmm. I could see her as a mom wrestling in her spirit with, it's not just a baby. Right. It's the forerunner to Jesus. Yeah. It's the fulfillment of prophecy. Uh Uh-huh. It's Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Because at this point, nobody knows what Christmas is, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, yeah, this is the start of the Christmas story for us, but they don't know what's Christmas. Right. You know? So what even is Christmas? This is the tail end of 400 years of silence yep. on God's part. The people have been waiting, waiting, waiting. And here Luke begins his gospel with this baby announcement from Gabe, and this story spins into motion. Elizabeth is carrying the forerunner of Jesus, and maybe this five months of seclusion was her way of preparing her heart before the Lord before what for what was coming. Yeah, I think that totally makes sense. So this is one of my favorite parts of Scripture, um, that during this time that she's in seclusion, then the angel Gabriel goes to Mary right. and reveals to Mary that she is going to be pregnant. And he, gender reveal God, uh-huh. gender reveal angel, also reveals to Mary that Elizabeth is pregnant. Uh-huh. So we don't know if anybody knows at this point that Elizabeth is pregnant. Right, because they're they? cousins. They're cousins. They don't live near each other. So there's no telling whether anybody actually knew that their cousin Elizabeth was pregnant. So Luke one thirty six says, this is uh, Gabe talking to Mary, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. So at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Oh, yeah. Y'all. Huge moment. That is like cinematic, yeah. music swelling. Yeah. I can see it on the big screen. To me, that is the, one of the most beautiful moments in scripture. You have, y'all think about this, two women, one very old, uh-huh. one very young. Uh-huh. Both are pregnant with baby boys. Uh-huh. Potentially at this point, nobody else knows. Mary has left town. Elizabeth has been in seclusion. It's almost like their uniting together is the first announcement of yeah. their pregnancies. Yeah. And Elizabeth recognizes Mary's pregnancy. So Mary's in those first couple months where you can't feel the baby. You don't know. It's yeah. like, am I really pregnant? Yeah. And so I just think it's so beautiful that God allows Elizabeth to proclaim this over Mary and kind of affirm to her, yes, you are pregnant. Yes. But then think about what Mary gets to do to Elizabeth. Hey, Elizabeth, the angel told me that you are pregnant. 
And Mary affirms Elizabeth. I think it's this beautiful moment of affirmation in scripture between two women at very different places in their life Uh that are getting to have a common experience. Yeah. One of the things that stands out to me in this story is I think Elizabeth could have potentially responded differently, to be honest. Like, she could have been like, ugh, rude. You know, (laughs) I've been waiting my whole life to be pregnant. And you're like, what, 15, ma'am? You know? Yes. Your body is way more equipped for Yeah, you're coming in here with this hot energy. Like, you know, let me have my moment. You know what I mean? Like, she could have been resentful or bitter because I think, just to be honest, like sometimes that's our how we see good things, how we feel when good things happen to other women in our circles. Like it can feel like there are women in our circles where everything just comes easy to them. Yes, you know, and you're like, okay, well, I'm glad you got another W. I'm sitting over here, you know, yes, <laughs> yes, loss after loss, pain yes. after pain, you know, and um. So I just think it's really beautiful for Elizabeth to love Mary in this way and the way that you said that they affirm one another and cheer one another on and um, that even though they are in such different places that they are bonded together by this. And it's amazing that there is some level of fully understanding what is going on here. Yes. I think it's it's this, we, we're told the Holy Spirit fills Elizabeth. Right. The Holy Spirit has already filled that baby in her womb, which uh-huh. is amazing. Uh-huh. So yes, there is very much a presence of spiritual maturity here mm-hmm. that God is giving a very older, experienced Christian woman and a very younger yeah. Christian woman to come together. And I thought of the same thing. I thought of that whole idea of jealousy and envy because um, I thought that for Elizabeth too. Like, There's also a sense of jealousy, I would think, because her baby is the forerunner, but Mary has Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know, like, okay, that's number one. Yeah. We number two. Uh-huh. I don't know that the women thought of it that way. No. But. And we don't have any inkling to think that none, they would have. None. But but I think what you hit on the head was right. That instead of envy, there was generosity. Uh-huh. That in a moment where you could have stopped and said, oh, but why not me? Yeah. Instead you say, I'm so excited for you. Uh-huh. And that, to me, is a beautiful way that we as women, even in today's world, can celebrate each other. Yeah, because there's space enough for us to all win. Like, a win for another mom is not a loss for you. You know, there's space for all of us. And if she's doing something great, that doesn't mean, that doesn't take away from the great thing that you're doing. Exactly. You know, there's there's room for all of it, and we need all of the wonderfulness. Well, and for you to trust, too, that God is the one that's writing that story. Yeah. He wrote Elizabeth's story, uh-huh. and he wrote Mary's story. They're different and same, uh-huh. but he had different purposes for both of them. And so I have to trust that God's story for me is going to be different than God's story for you. Yeah. But here's what I thought was also interesting. These two women, old and young, both pregnant, both having baby boys, but also, think about this, both of those baby boys would never marry Yeah. or have children. They would never have grandchildren from these sons. And both of these boys would give their lives mm-hmm. for their purpose that God had set before them. Both of these moms are not only united in pregnancy, they're going to be united in grief. Yeah. Because they're both going to mourn their babies being lost at very young ages. Mm-hmm. That's heavy. It is heavy. And I think that's something where we as moms can come together too and say that we're both going to experience grief at some point along our story and we can help each other in those moments too. Yeah. We can unite behind that. 
just my limited opinions on Sweet Liz, is that her seclusion was time for her heart to catch up to all that was about to happen to her. She was processing a lot, and there was nothing wrong with her stepping back from life and saying, I'm going to spend this time with me and Yahweh and me and my spouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, She couldn't talk to Zach because he was mute, and so the news could have been too much to bear. For a while, it's a lot to carry on your own. And I believe that God had a plan for her heart too. He was preparing for her role of motherhood because it was going to look very different than her friends. Even though she was going to get to experience the birth of a baby, his life was going to be nothing like the other moms in her community. Yeah, He was not going to grow up and get a job and find a wife and Uh settle down and have kids. And so just as her mom, her journey to being a mom was unique, her journey as a mom was going to be unique. And so she almost needed a a deeper understanding in her heart of what was about to come her way. So I think we learn a couple things from her. I think we learn number one, that waiting is worth it. Mm-hmm. She waited for a long time and what a beautiful answer to her prayer that God gave her this baby boy, John, the way that he told Zachariah, the way that her pregnancy went, the way that the birth was, even the way that the naming happens, which we're not going to talk about today, but you can read that in scripture. It's just so cool. Yeah. God just goes ahead of her. I think waiting is worth it. I think we also learn that there's always an opportunity for envy. Yeah. It's it's literally crouching at the door. Uh-huh. Everywhere you turn this Christmas, Mom, there is an opportunity for you to be envious of someone else. But could you in that moment instead choose generosity? Yeah. Could you choose to give back joy and excitement and love to that other person, knowing that it's not that God is keeping something from you, but that God is blessing someone you love? Yeah. And then silence can be healing. You know, I think we're a outward processing nation. Mm -hmm. We process on social, we process in public, we process even in front of our kids. Oh, oh, here comes the knife. You know how you process in front of your kids what's happened during your day and then you go, I probably shouldn't have said all that in front of them. Sure. Sometimes silence is a better healer than an outward processing. And so instead of running to her neighbor, Elizabeth ran to her God. Instead of us running to social, we run to our God. I think there's a beautiful lesson there. And I just honestly just want to give you permission to do that. Permission to say no to the Christmas party. Permission to say no to the Christmas spectacular. Permission to say no to the one more trip to North Park just to say we went. Maybe it's just you choosing that silence and seclusion in your home with your family to sit and enjoy the season. Yeah. I love that. I think that's beautiful. That's my, that's my takeaway from what we talked about today is just not feeling the pressure of having to say yes and be in the mix and do all the things, um, that, that there's a silence that's beautiful and to look for opportunities to get alone and be quiet with my God. And, and do that this week. Just find us a moment here or there where you could just sit in silence before your God and see what he says to you. I think he's got something really special to tell you. Yeah. And hey, let me just say, it's not too late to join us over on Advent. That's kind of uh, on Patreon. That's kind of what we're working on uh, over there is creating some holy spaces during the Christmas season. Um, So, you know, this podcast series is called um, Jesus Through Their Eyes or Christmas Through Their Eyes. I'm sorry. And the Patreon is looking for Jesus. And so it's just this marriage of 
in our podcast of how they would have seen him and then how we can see him on Patreon. And so in the mornings, it's just this five minute to kind of reset your heart, to look for Jesus that day. So we would love for you to join us. The um, link is in the show notes, but it's just patreon.com slash gather moms. And you can join at any level. The first three days of it are free. So if you want to check it out and see if that would be a good fit for your rituals, your rhythms as you're, as you're looking for God this Christmas season. It's so, so good. So yes, join us over there. And then the last, just the quick last thing I wanted to share because, um, I like imagining parts that are not included in scripture. Yeah. So I want to think about the travelers on the road to Bethlehem. Okay. So we, we grow up with this Christmas story of Mary and Joseph and the donkey by themselves in the dead of night right. on this dark road. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh, they're all alone. Uh-huh. But when you look at the history of the time, people did not do that. Right. They, they did traveled not travel together. alone. Yeah. You traveled together. And scripture tells us that when the census was ordered, that all returned right. to their ancestral towns to register. Yeah. So why in the world is Joseph the only one making the trick? Uh huh. Yeah. So in Rebecca's world, I imagine that they did not go alone but that they right. went with a group. For sure. And some things that I read this week actually said that Joseph had a brother. I I'm, I cannot confirm or deny. Right, you know, sure. Sometimes you read these scholars and you're yeah. like, I know you're called a scholar, but uh-huh. I don't know why you're called a scholar. <laughs> but that he could have had a brother named Cleopas and that potentially they went together. Okay. Like yeah. maybe the brother had to go back to the town of David Bethlehem too. Well, if he had family, they would have likely traveled together to all go to the census. Yeah. Because it was too difficult and dangerous to travel alone. You just right. didn't do that. And Moses, I mean, Joseph, we talked about last week, the dude's smart. He's upstanding. He uh-huh. ain't taking his nine-month pregnant wife by herself yeah. on a donkey to Bethlehem. I think he had a group. And if she was in a group with other people, don't you think there were other women there? Yeah. And don't you think they recognized that she was very, very pregnant? Yes. And don't you think that they extended kindness to her? Yeah. I just want to imagine that this beautiful teenage girl Mary who is now married doesn't know her husband Uh they're still getting to know each other Uh is very very pregnant I believe knew the prophecies and knew that the baby was to be born in Bethlehem Uh so like she is journeying towards this end yeah had a group of people around her that were able to care for her along the journey I think of these women offering her a drink of water or an extra blanket or sitting with her by the fire and talking or maybe having children of their own and being able to help her think about what was about to happen, giving advice. Uh I just think about her not being alone on that journey. And y'all, it brings such comfort to my heart. For sure. I love that idea. And, and I can't say that it's true, but my God is so, my God is so wise. I just think he did. I just think he gave her friends along the way. Well, yeah. You know, it, gosh, can you think about like the first time you were pregnant and how many other moms you asked about like, okay, what was your birth like? What should I expect? You know, what is labor? Maybe they're counting her contractions with her. Right. Like, hey, yeah. let's time it. Yeah. One, 1,000, <laughs> two, 1,000, you know? Yeah. And so it made me think about our lives today And we are so busy and so bustling. And how often do we go about our days and bump into other people Mm. and have no idea what they're dealing with in their own journey? Because what's to say that these women along the journey with her knew that she was carrying the Messiah? It could have just been a, oh, she's pregnant, Uh you know? So we don't actually always know what's going on in someone else's heart and life. And do we pass them by? 
because we're so self-involved or busy or have our own task list and we don't take notice of others when we can. And what could we do in those moments to help someone in need, just like these women might have done for Mary? Yeah. Could we stop and say hello? Could we show kindness in the grocery store line and let some lady let me go in front of her the other day because I had one thing and Uh she had 20. Uh And I was like, that was so nice. Yeah, love that. You know, just this way to like look at someone and not have any idea what's going on in their story, but to think I can offer, I can be generous. Uh I can offer kindness. It reminds me of Galatians 6 too. It says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And the word for burden here in the Greek just means something which a person bears. It doesn't give like a description of how heavy it is or how much it is. And so I think sometimes we just with envy, we compare burdens. And so we look at somebody and go, well, yours is heavier than mine. Or we'll talk to God and say, well, mine's not that big of a deal, God. It's Uh okay. And so I think we almost pace our response based on how heavy we think the burden is. So maybe if someone's lost a loved one, that burden is super heavy. So we lean in big. But then if maybe somebody's kid gets sick, we're like, well, that's, I mean, everybody's kid gets sick. I don't got to lean in heavy. I think instead of judging just what we talked about earlier, judging the heaviness of their burden, we should just consider the opportunity we have to be generous. Yes. What could I do? Yes. Those women on the trek with Mary to the town of Bethlehem, did I have an extra blanket to give? Did I have a moment to sit and talk with her? It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. But it's something that you're giving to someone else and you have no idea the impact. Like, wouldn't you love to sit with Mary today and said, tell me who you met? Yeah. On the journey to Bethlehem. Yeah, I love that. And for her to talk about a woman... And that woman not even know that she made the impact. Yeah. Like you could be that person to someone else. Yes. You could be the generous friend that loves or calls or texts or brings a meal or gives a gift card or lets someone go in front of you the grocery store line and it could make the whole difference in their day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times some small act of kindness has turned my day around. And then I get the opportunity then to be kind to other people, you know, because someone helped relieve my burden. Exactly. So for me, I just love sometimes thinking about stories of the Bible and wondering about the parts that are not recounted in Scripture. Yeah. And for me, it just brings me such joy to think that Mary had friends along the way that were helping take care of her and Joseph, and that even maybe when she got to Bethlehem, it wasn't just a dusty old stable, but it was the home of a friend or a family member. Yeah. And so she even had people with her when baby Jesus was born. Yeah. I just love to think about it. And if I get to heaven and none of that's true, it does not change my salvation. It is fine. But I think sometimes for me, I'm just so imaginative. I like to dream about what it could have been like. Oh, I think that's wonderful. So thanks for joining us today for Christmas Through Their Eyes as we looked at Liz and this little travel gang with Mary. And again, we just want you to know how much we care about you. And hey, this week, stop and just enjoy the season. Yeah. We love you, moms. Bye.